Thanks for staying with us. Now, days before the start of this week's case by South Africa accusing Israel of genocide in Gaza, hundreds of Israelis signaled that they would be backing the case at the International Court of Justice. More than 600 Israelis signed a petition calling on the International Court of Justice to rule in favor of South Africa's lawsuit against the State of Israel calling for a decision that will bring an immediate end to the war. Let's get the reaction now to the case. Adam Keller is one of the petitioners who joins us on the line. Adam, thank you so much for your time. Let's just start firstly with your core um, you know, reaction to what you saw unfold in the International Court of Justice this week. Uh, I would like to update that it is now more than 1,000 people who signed this petition. So it's reached over 1,000 now? Yes. Has yes it been, we have, and we continue to collect collect the signatures. Has it been submitted to the ICJ already? Yes, yes. So yes, we... Uh, our our, um, our people um, uh, sent it to the court uh, one day before the proceeding started on um, our Wednesday night. All right, and 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 I don't know. I'm just keen to hear from you because um, there's been you know mixed reaction, particularly a number of people saying that South Africa put forward a very strong case, and others saying that um, you know they believe that Israel also put forward a strong case. What were your impressions on the arguments? Yes, I, I think I think that's true for both sides. I think that uh, uh, both Israel and South Africa sent really their their very best uh, legal tenants uh, to 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 this case. I, I I think that the the Israeli representatives certainly were first rate professionals. That's absolutely true. And you think and they? Uh, pardon me. Go yes. ahead. Go ahead. There is, there is something very ironical that um, uh, Israel has now sent uh, the judge Aaron Barak uh, to be uh, to be its representative on the court itself. You know that uh, both both uh, Israel and South Africa had the right to appoint uh, a temporary judge onto the uh, who, uh, to the international court. The thing is that the thing is that the the judge the judge who um, uh, Aaron Barak, who, who is rep- uh, representing Israel on the court, is a very well-known uh, jurist, who a uh, f- former president of the Israeli Supreme Court, who had been very strongly attacked, attacked by by exactly the same government which now sent him to the Hague, because he is he is, is known as a supporter of human rights and for of civil rights. And uh, there has been, as you know, we had just before the war started, there was a very a, a, a very, very much um, demonstrations in Israel because the government wanted to destroy the, destroy the, the, the power of the Supreme Court in Israel, and uh, this Aaron Barak was very much attacked by the by the right wingers uh, because because uh, uh, they say that he is a leftist, he is a liberal, uh, that uh, he is is this. Uh, and uh, they, they they made demonstrations in front of his home, and uh, the the fact that this that uh, the government uh, the, the the same the same political forces which uh, which attacked attacked him very much for his uh, position in uh, internal Israeli law has now asked him to represent Israel in the international court is very ironical. And why do you think that is? Why, in your reading of the situation, why do you think the government picked him to go and represent it at The Hague? Uh, 
I think because 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 uh, I think that uh, uh, he is the one which they they hoped to to uh, that uh, that he could he could uh, he could give a, a better face to to what to what uh, what uh, Israel is doing in the Gaza Strip. I mean the 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 uh, the, the a lawyer who spoke, there were several lawyers speaking on behalf of the Israeli government. They were trying to say that all oh, that Israel Israel is uh, is not at all doing genocide and not in Israel is very much caring for the for the uh, uh, civilians in the Gaza Strip and. We are very sorry that some people are 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 hurt by the war, and that is because we are fighting terrorism. And of course, there were the terrible things which which Hamas did on on October seven. So what can we do? We have to fight this terrorism, and it and they are they are they are trying to to towards the court to present the most um, the most uh, liberal enlightened side of Israel, which they don't like to 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 uh, to represent inside Israel itself. This government certainly does not does not behave like that inside Israel. So. Looking at the the, the arguments um, that we heard in court, and and you've just, of course, now outlined um, Israel's case uh, from your vantage point as, uh, you know, Israeli citizens. Do they represent you or do you still feel as strongly as you felt when that petition was being formulated and that now has more than a thousand signatures to bolster South Africa's case? Yeah, we we still think that it is very good that South Africa did this did this uh, uh, did this uh, petition. We we think uh, we we actually we don't think that Israel that there is at this moment what is happening in the Gaza Strip is already a genocide. We think that it is a very very terrible humanitarian crisis, which was created by the by the, by Israel by its its armed forces and uh, on behalf of its government and that this gover- this situation could lead to genocide and that uh, the that it is very very good very good that uh, to to do a preventive act not to say not to cry about the genocide when it already happened but to to prevent it from happening and i think that is very very good that south africa did it i think that the, uh, we are now all uh, waiting waiting to see exactly what the court uh, what the court will do whether the court will will order israel to stop the war or uh, we'll, do, we'll do some, uh, or, or uh, the court will order Israel to do something less than that. Perhaps the court will order Israel to increase very much the humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip. Perhaps the, the court will order Israel to to let the. All right. It seems like we've uh, just lost the line to 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 Adam. We'll try to to get him back. And these are. Um Israeli citizens who have started a petition um, now saying that it's uh, it now has more than a thousand signatures and uh, this is uh, of course a, a petition that is uh, calling on into the International Court of Justice to rule in favor of South Africa and uh, this of course is one one of the big talking points and Adam I do understand that you are back now. I wonder what 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 are you hoping the court does in this matter, and and also for you, how binding do you think it is? Because the enforceability 
of this particular order by the court is also something else now that is under public scrutiny. Hello, yeah. Uh, now, in, 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 in principle, the, the International Court does not have its own, its own means of enforcement. The only way for, for enforcement of decisions of the International Court is through the, the, the United Nations Security Council. And of course, uh, it is very well known that the uh, United States has a veto in the International in the Security Council, and this veto is very often exercised on behalf of Israel. But still, uh, and you have you have the case that that the International Court has ordered Russia to stop its war in Af- in Uga- in Ukraine, and uh, Russia has just said that it is uh, it is uh, ignoring the decision of the Supreme Court and uh, of the International Court and continuing the war. But Israel is not Russia. Israel is uh, is. Uh, as a powerful army, but it is still a very small state. I don't think that Israel could defy this, the international court with impunity, if even I... even if even if uh, United and. Uh, yeah. But um, I think that the most important is even if the the uh, international court does not order Israel to stop the war, what what the international court is already doing. The, the fact that the, the South African appeal to the International Court is already doing one very important thing, is that Israel is now very well aware that it is under the magnifying glass of the International Court, and Israel will have to be very, very careful not, not to give substance to the accusation that it is, um, it is uh, uh, perpetrating genocide in the Gaza Strip. That means that that uh, uh, Israel cannot afford that the number of dead people in the Gaza Strip will continue to rise steeply. There have right. been so far 23,000 uh, people, uh, people uh, Palestinians killed in the Gaza Strip, which is a terrible uh, stall. But I think Israel will now have to be very, very careful that this death stall will not rise very steeply. All right. I think that I think that the Israeli Air Force will uh, will be from now on much more careful about how many of their one-ton bombs they throw in the uh, in the Gaza Strip. Okay, let me thank you so much for your time, Adam. Do appreciate it. That was Adam Keller of Israelis supporting South Africa's case at the International Court of Justice. And we will be shortly in conversation with Rowline Marks, the spokesperson of the South Africa Zionist Federation. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.2 FM in Tohoyando. You're listening to Bongiwe Zwane on SAFM. Right, I do understand that Rowlene Marx, spokesperson of South Africa Zionist Federation, is on the line with us. Rowlene, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time. Before we even get into the reaction of your organization to the case at the ICJ, I'd like to hear your thoughts on more than a thousand signatures um, that have already been collected in this petition by some Israeli citizens in support of South Africa's case. 
Well, I think that uh, Israel is a democracy and people are entitled to have whatever opinion they want. That is the beauty of Israel's democracy, is that it is extremely robust. But today I want to talk about an even more important number. Today marks a hundred days since Hamas came into Israel on the 7th of October, murdering, raping, mutilating, torturing, and kidnapping over 240 people, 136 of which are still being held hostage in Gaza. And Israel, like any sovereign country, is discharging its obligations under international law and according to the United Nations Charter to defend its citizens against a terror organization that repeatedly calls for its destruction. In fact, our very, very meticulous legal team on Friday demonstrated and showed quotes from Hamas leaders who said they'll commit the 7th of October on the on another 7th of October, and on the 10th of October, and on the millionth of October. So what Israel is doing now is doing what any sovereign state, including, I would hope, South Africa, if uh, terrorists, and I know that there are terrorists on your border in Mozambique in the form of ISIS, had to come into South African territory, murder, rape, mutilate, torture, and kidnap South Africans, I would hope that the South African government would do everything in its power to protect South African citizens and to bring hostages home. Let's talk about the the proportionality because that's also came up, uh, something that has come up in in court as well during the arguments that uh, you know while Israel says that it is defending itself, but the the scale at which the devastation has been on the ground, impacting over twenty three lives that are lost, and these are lives that we know of. There could be some people that are still under the rubble, and this coming sharply into focus in the court to say that it does not meet the proportion of the scale of what happened on the seventh. How do you respond to those arguments? Well, nobody wants to see civilians harmed in any way. But I think what our legal team demonstrated very, very ably is that we are dealing with a terrorist entity in the form of Hamas that have cynically and appallingly used their civilian population as human shields. Now, of course, we don't know because there are no distinctions made when we hear the numbers. And we have to remember, this is not about numbers. This is about intent. We don't have any clear distinction between combatants and civilians. And we know that Hamas terrorists hide within their civilian population and dress as civilians. What we do know, and we have it uh, in the international media, are Palestinians now feeling brave enough to speak to the international media and saying Hamas will not let us get to the safe zones. Hamas are using us as human shields. We've heard from uh, an UNRWA teacher just last week saying, don't heed the calls from the IDF, stay and be a human shield. And we've actually heard the leadership of Hamas saying, we are prepared to sacrifice millions of our civilians. This is absolutely preposterous. In fact, it's a pity that uh, Hamas is a terrorist organization because they should be sitting on trial at the International Criminal Court for the appalling way that they are sacrificing their own civilians. We can't forget that this war, which the South African legal team neglected to mention when they made their opening arguments on the Thursday, this war was started by Hamas 
when they invaded Israeli sovereign territory under massive rocket fire on the 7th of October. This is a war we did not want, we did not ask for, and the people that pay the heaviest price are always the innocent civilians, and that is roundly appalling. And, uh, I mean, South Africa being very quick to remind the world that this is not just something, uh, a war that started on the 7th. This goes back in time, and, and, and it should also while we talk about the events of the 7th, but also should be seen in that context as well? Well, first of all, there is no context for the raping, the mutilation, the torturing and the kidnapping of civilians. Let's be very, very clear. And uh, South Africa has forgotten the many, many times that there have been negotiations for peace. There were significant chunks of history and facts that the South African legal team seemed to forget about on Thursday. They also neglected to mention that Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip in 2005 and left a state for, for the Palestinians to run. And Hamas, unfortunately, took over, subjecting its civilian population to their appalling treatment. And also, South Africa made some glaring mistakes, one of which was saying that Israel controls all the crossings. Well, I'm sure that the Egyptian authorities are absolutely offended that they were basically told by South Africa that Israel controls Rafa crossing and they don't control Rafa crossing. And then there is the matter of dispute, the uh, uh, Israel's attorney, Professor Malcolm Shaw, ably demonstrated to the court, as did the rest of our legal team, uh, just, uh, f- uh, first of all, how far Israel is going to mitigate civilian casualties. But not only that, is that Israel sought a dialogue with South Africa uh, to, to end this kind of dispute, but South Africa had misled the court. Maybe it was intentional. South Africa, which has had no dispute with Israel before this, uh, uh, has injected itself into the game and is effectively acting as the legal arm of Hamas. And finally then, in just 10 seconds, do you think relations between Israel and South Africa will be impacted by this going forward? I think that's the million-dollar question, Bongira. I think the relations between the two countries are going to be greatly impacted by this. Uh, And the onus is going to be on South Africans now to demonstrate to its Jewish community that... uh, They are just as much a part of the country as any other minority group because we have seen some appalling incidents of anti-Semitism over the the weekend. I talk about the issue with young cricketer Daniel Eager, which uh, the international community is drawing in parallel to South Africa's treatment of the Jewish state of Israel. So I think relations are going to be greatly impacted. Rowling, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, that was uh, the um, Rowling Marks, in fact, a spokesperson of uh, the South African Zionist Federation who oppose uh, South Africa's case. On that note, let's uh, take a breather. Eva is standing by with the news headlines.